you ever wake up and you're just like, please be a new episode of the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. Please be a new episode of the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. Please. I totally get it. Well, guess what? You're in luck because that's exactly what this is. A brand new episode of the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show where we're talking about improv, art, and creativity. I'm Travis Lincoln Cox and you've picked an A-plus episode to tune into. This is Storm Chaserology, our personal and perfectly pocket-sized improv dictionary where we share our takes on some of the improv lingo that has shaped the way we improvise and play. In this episode, Anatasha talks about the duality of opposites and how walking the tightrope between joy and commitment can build tension and lead you to the ultimate prize, the belly laugh. It's an amazing episode by Anatasha, made even better by the masterful editing of Sir Jacob Sorling. Please enjoy Storm Chaserology, The Unity of Opposites. You're listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. The Unity of Opposites Part of the reason that improv is such good practice for life is because it's a safe place to explore non-duality and dialectics. You get to revel in the yin and yang of life on stage. This idea of the unity of opposites rears its beautiful brow in every aspect of improv and life, but today I'm going to tackle one specific place I've noticed it in comedy. Wikipedia says the unity of opposites defines a situation in which the existence or identity of a thing depends on the coexistence of at least two conditions which are opposite to each other, yet dependent on each other and presupposing each other within a field of tension. Thank you, Wikipedia. So hot can't exist without cold, up can't exist without down. They are opposites, but their unity is such that one can't exist without the other. I posit that joy cannot exist on stage without commitment and vice versa. They feed each other. So we're going to hold the idea of joyful play in one hand and commitment in the other. On the side of joy, I've heard a lot of great advice about following the fun, like have a good time. You know, Susan Messing is quoted as saying, if you're not having fun, you're the asshole. This is great advice. The best improvisers I've ever seen in my life are having so much fun on stage. They're having the time of their lives. So imagine that there's an improviser on stage who's having so much fun, awesome, but they can't keep it together. They're constantly laughing at themselves. They, and, and that can definitely make an audience laugh. I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with it, but if you're having fun, chances are the audience is too. But I do think that there's a point of diminishing returns, at least most of the time. Um, there are exceptions to this rule. You should check out Mom Jokes on This American Life, where Tignataro's mother-in-law can't get through her own joke, and the audience is rolling. There's so much joy and love in it, and I have a theory about it, which I'll touch on later. It's always better to have fun than not, 100%. But the flip side of that is that improvisers who are having fun but laugh at themselves a lot and can't commit 
don't build tension in scenes, and we might want that. They're constantly letting the air out of the balloon. It's never allowed to pop, which is something that we touch on in the interview with Jet Evelith. So check that out. This brings me to the other side, commitment. Commitment to character, emotion, the moment. If you really want to tell a story that takes the audience on a ride so that they care about the characters and the dynamics of their relationships, if you want to build tension, beauty, and all of that, you need commitment. But, you know, coming from dramatic work as an actor, I often find myself in improv scenes where I'm in too much pain. The tension's building and all of that's there, but I'm having a hard time breaking the tension in a comedic way because while I'm committed to the character, meaning I'm feeling their feelings, I'm being the best actor I can, sometimes I lack joy. There's not enough play or not enough fun. That's great if you're watching Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood. That just requires the vulnerability. You know, sometimes that's the goal. But in improv, it can hinder you from letting your inner clown out, being silly, and the audience is far less likely to laugh. So what's the priority on stage? Which is it? Are you feeling anger because your character's yelling at their prom date like, oh, I can't believe you kissed somebody else, Jeanette. You, I asked you to come here with me. That was a really good commitment. Or are you feeling joy because like you're a full-blown adult playing with your friends and having fun being an idiot and miming a freaking corsage? Is it commitment to the moment that the character's facing? Or is it the joy of play? They seem to be opposing forces, but they really give rise to each other and are actually interrelated. What we want is a unity of opposites, to be holding joy in one hand and commitment in the other at the same time. Jeanette, take that. At any given time, one will be larger than the other, but I think that's more than okay. It's ever-changing, undulating between them builds energy and they feed one another. Every time I see an episode of Friends, I notice that Lisa Kudrow is laughing without actually laughing, but I can see it in her eyes that she's so tickled in the moment. Maybe she's even perhaps on the verge of laughing, but her commitment to emotion and character is just as high. And the laugh sparkles kind of out of her eyes instead. The joy makes its appearance in the playfulness of her vocals and her mannerisms, but she doesn't actually break character. Steve Carell's really good at this in The Office, or if you watch old Second City sketches, Pretty much all of my favorite comedians seem to hold these two opposing forces in tandem. I don't want to stamp out my joy. I don't want to crush my fun because then the audience isn't having fun. They won't find it very funny. But at the same time, if I break a lot and I laugh at myself, I can't play the character's truth. The laughter becomes very shallow or what could be referred to as a recognized laugh, which I compare to like a work laugh that you give your boss. You know, it's very polite. <laughs> what I'd rather have are those like primal, guttural belly laughs that can't be helped. On the rare occasions that the audience and the improvisers are both laughing equally hard, it's usually because the improvisers are trying their absolute best not to laugh, but can't help it. Like they're trying super hard to commit and then it's really fun for the audience to watch them fail. But if you can't fail in that way, if you're not really trying, if your laughter is coming from a simple lack of willingness to commit, the audience won't be with you. You're really trying, you're trying your best. 
the joy is just so overwhelming that you can't help it, which is why I think mom joke on This American Life is so funny. It's a subtle difference, but it makes a big impact. It's common to swing the pendulum between joy and commitment too far in one direction. Like I'm having so much fun that I can't keep it together, or I'm so in character that I'm not having enough fun. It's part of the process of finding the unity of opposites. Eventually, the pendulum will be swinging more in the center very quickly between the two. And when I feel that, and I'm holding both, there's this power and electricity on stage. It puts me in a different state. Even my neutral energy is charged. I'm vibrating. I have a command over the audience and I'm in flow. The best news about trying to raise up your joy and your commitment is that it's really like a win-win situation. You win with the audience if you're really good at it and you're a clown, but you also win with the audience for just trying your best and failing. Watching someone be tickled by what their scene partner does, try to keep it together, is such a delight as an audience member. You can see a good attempt of this balancing act by watching the cast of Friends in their blooper reels, because you can actually see them in the moment, working with their joy and their commitment in tandem, and then often failing and falling to the side of joy. The audience gets pleasure from it, and so do the performers. Something that makes improv very dynamic is the relationship the audience has with the improvisers themselves. You're there for the characters, the story, yes, but as an audience member, you're also there to watch the improvisers walk this daring tightrope together. The games they play with themselves and each other adds a layer to the performance that's unique to improv. And the audience will give you a lot of credit for trying to keep it together and failing. So win, win. We have joy in one hand, commitment in the other, a unity of opposites. And holding these two to the best of your ability is inherently comedic and brings out your clown. It brings out the things that make you unique and helps you find your comedic voice. Joy and commitment are complementary, interconnected, and interdependent in comedy. My joy builds when I commit, and I feel motivated to commit from the pleasure of play. We fall to one side or the other, and that's okay because they feed each other. In dramatic work, replace joy in the unity of opposites with vulnerability or cathartic pleasure and get similarly good results. The unity of opposites appears in other ways in improv, commitment and non-attachment, contracting and expanding in space, discernment and non-judgment, supporting Travis and trolling Travis. So many opposing forces that cooperate and elevate. I've been exploring and practicing holding joy and commitment at the same time. Instead of pushing one away in favor of the other, I'm trying to raise them both to higher and higher levels to meet each other. It's very satisfying to try and very fun to fail at, but don't take my word for it. Go experiment with it. As Bruce Lee says, research your own experience, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, and add what is essentially your own, and have fun doing it. As always, thank you for listening. And hey, if you've got an improv term that you'd like to hear our take on it, please reach out. You can hit us up on the gram at stormchaserimprov on facebook.com backslash stormchaserimprov or via our website, www.stormchaserimprov.com. 
quick shout out of gratitude to two of our most handsome and coincidentally most generous supporters, Andy and Jerry. You guys continue to be amazing and we continue to love you. And one final gift for you, listener. I made a call and the being in charge of karma points has agreed to give everyone who listened to this podcast 15 platinum karma points. Platinum. So, you know, get out there and have some fun. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show.